welcome to worship uh, at Fellowship Hall at Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church. Um, every week, there are more of you. I think maybe we, we like the air conditioning. Um, just, just that much. Uh, again, I want to thank all of the people involved to help us to move. It's only a short move from the sanctuary to the Fellowship Hall. But there's a lot of work involved. I know for many of us, when we come each Sunday, it's a little bit like magic, right? Things are here and they just happen. But, but that magic is actually the, the hard work of many, many people in our church. And so to all of you involved in helping to make this possible uh, in significant and ordinary ways, thank you. Um, as we're getting started this morning, uh, also a note, we are not able to live stream right now, so for those of you who aren't able to be with us in the room, we remember you as well joining us after the fact. We pray God's blessing and spirit upon you as you join us at a later point uh, as we get the service. Um, as we're getting started this morning, there's a couple of things that I want to highlight for you. One, we've been talking about for a while, but it, it's worth repeating. Um, Church picnic potluck, which is next Sunday, right? Uh, August 14th, so next Sunday, down the road a little ways um, at Fairwoods uh, Christian Recreation Center. And uh, thank you to Randy and Shirley for the work that they've done to prepare for this. Uh, they have some news for you. One is that we have enough volunteers, right? So thank you to all of you who have uh, signed up and filled out the sign-in sheet and the sign-up sheet to help for that. Um, now the only other thing we can do is just show up right next Sunday. Uh, so we won't be here. We're going to be at Fairwoods. Coffee's at 9.30. The service is at 10 a.m. at Fairwoods next Sunday, which is August 14th, which is next Sunday. So please join us for that. Uh, you can bring side dish, a salad, or chips up here to join us for that. If it starts raining, we're going to move under that pavilion there and snuggle up together. If it's raining very, very, very hard, which knows, right? Um, we will let you know in advance, and we'll probably move everything back here to the fellowship hall. Okay? Got that? All right. Next thing. A couple things. Each and every Sunday, after the service, we've been doing a sermon discussion, and there's been some confusion about the location and the time, so we're going to try a new format, which is, it's going to be downstairs over there in the foundation after the service, and it's just going to start at 11.05. Alright, so just 11.05, there we go, right? It's spoken for. Alright, so 11.05, please join us if you're able for that. Uh, you're all welcome. Uh, a few other things for today's service from the from the deacons. I wanted to let you know that next week for our offerings, they'll have a drop box for us to, to make our donations and gifts. And also, they're going to move the second offering to August 21st. Alright, so just bear with me, we're almost there. Tuck it all away from later, right? Uh, but next week, we'll move the, uh, the second offering to August 21st, and we'll have more information for you about that later. Uh, and then finally, too, you know, it's August, and we're starting to think about the fall. We've got some exciting new initiatives and learning opportunities as a church. I want to highlight two of those for you. The first is a membership class, which we're hoping to start on August 28th. That will be for a couple of Sundays after worship, and we'll provide some food as well. Interested, let me know. I've uh, talked to some of you about this already, but we're hoping to start August 20th uh, and finish that up by the end of September. Uh, and the other thing is that on, on October 1st, we are launching a new occasional lecture series. Uh, we're calling it Faith Informing. The idea is that we want to bring some speakers from our networks uh, into our church who can speak to us as Christians on, on different issues that affect us, but that also affect our wider community. Want it to be the kind of thing that um, we're thinking about things and issues as Christians, but also sharing what, what we have as Christian people with our fire community. So the first one, on October 1, we have a, uh, a speaker coming from uh, Michigan, Dr. Suzanne McDonald, who will be talking to us about dealing faithfully with intervention. And we'll have more information for you coming up uh, about that. And this is an issue that affects that we love and know, but also people in our wider community. So please do uh, put that on the calendar for Saturday, October 1, and please do think about sharing that with other people in your, in your life, uh, for whom that's something they're, they're trying to understand and make sense of. Okay, you made it. Um, 
Those are our announcements. You'll see other things coming up in the Friday email and also in the bulletin. But for now, in this place, we have gathered in the presence of God to worship. So would you rise in body, spirit, and let's
Brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus Christ personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his will, we are here. Praise be to God. You may be seated. You knew that. Brothers and sisters, as those who are being born into the image 
image of Jesus Christ, we follow in the pattern that we see Jesus set out for us. We do that by giving generously. And we have a chance to do that in a tangible way in response to God's goodness and mercy to us for our offerings. So we're going to invite the deacons, we're going to pass our offerings around. These are our responses to God for the work that He's given to us.
My name is Emily Fortner. I'm one of the elders here. My privilege to lead us in prayer this morning. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, on this beautiful summer day, we just give you thanks for bringing us together to worship you and for a day of Sabbath rest in the midst of a busy week. In Philippians 4, you remind us not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we send our request to God. And the peace of God, transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ. Dear God, we think of those who aren't here this morning because of illness or difficulty getting around or just so many other reasons. We ask that you would be with them in a special way this morning. Help them to feel a part of the body despite the physical distance. We pray for healing for those who struggle with physical ailments. We pray especially for Carol as she continues to struggle with kidney and heart issues along with the diabetes. We also lift up Carol's daughter, Tracy, as she cares for her mom. Dear God, we also ask you to be with Karen as she goes this Wednesday for an MRI and she continues chemotherapy. We thank you that her lungs seem to be cleared. We thank you for new life and the birth of baby Stella. Be with Connor and Lindsay as they adjust to life with a newborn again. Dear God, please be with the council and visiting committee as they discern and make plans for the future of the church. We thank you for your faithfulness to our congregation throughout the generations. We look forward to seeing how you work through us in the coming years. Help us to continue to seek your will and kingdom. Dear God, help us to seek you. Help us not to put our trust in earthly leaders, policies, or political parties, but to acknowledge you as the only source of hope in our lives. Help us not to despair even when things seem bleak. Calm our hearts and help us to remember you are in control. Our world belongs to God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's scripture reading is a series of excerpts from the book of Proverbs. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is the one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. Many claim to have unfailing love for a faithful person who can find it. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to an empty heart. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies business. Perfume and incense can be to the heart, and the pleasantness of the friends spring from their heartfelt effects. Do not forsake your friend or a friend of your family, and do not go near to your relative's house when disaster, disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Do not make friends with a hot tempered person, do not associate with one who is angry, you may learn their ways. As an iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. We've been uh, together this summer, if you're just joining us, uh, going through the book of Proverbs together. Uh, Proverbs, many chapters, and no real continuity, just snippets, nuggets of wisdom scattered all throughout, right? And so as we've been doing this, we've been trying to gather some of those proverbs together around some themes we had a view today. But the reason why is because the, the hope is by looking at some of these proverbs all together, we see a uh, kaleidoscopic picture of what the sages in the book of Proverbs have to show us on these topics. So that being said, for the future of the gather here in this place, oh God, and in our homes, or our cars, or wherever we are stepping into this prayer, we acknowledge in this moment that in the world around us there is a frame to the universe. The 
sometimes it can be hard to see, and sometimes it can be hard to know which direction it's going. So we give you thanks, O oh God, for the book of Proverbs, and for you, who has a better advantage on the world and sees all things, and you can guide us in the way that we should go. As we soften our hearts and open our ears and focus our attention on your words here, we ask for God that you be faithful, that you draw near to us. You would give us the wisdom that we long for and cannot find on our own, nor anywhere else. Turn on the radio and tune into a music station, and there's a good chance that you will probably hear a song about Bob. Though it probably won't be a song about friendship, love, unless it's that one Beatles song. I get by with a little love from my friends. I'm not going to sing it for you. But isn't that interesting if you think about it? We sing about love all the time, except we don't really sing about friendship, love. Turn on the television and turn it to a movie channel. And there's a good chance that you will probably catch a glimpse of a love story. Though it probably won't be a film about a friendship love story. There is that one iconic scene, though, in The Breakfast Club. If you know it, probably not a film that the whole family can enjoy together. But in The Breakfast Club, there's five teenagers. They're from radically different social cliques, and they're all forced to share detention on a Saturday morning. Locked in the library all day, they fight, and they bond, and then they discover something more meaningful than their cliques. They discover friendship outside the boundaries of their social group, which would not have happened if they had not been locked in the library all day. But at the end of the day, do you remember that moment where Brian, who is the nerd, in the group, he asks the inevitable question. He says, what happens on Monday? Are we still friends? See, Brian wants to know if their friendship can survive the caste system of high school popularity. But the Breakfast Club, then, even there, it doesn't focus on that question as the movie comes to an end. Instead, even this film about high school friendship turns toward romance. This and this newfound love between the jock and the weirdo, between the princess and the stoner. That's interesting, too. I mean, we tell a lot of love stories in our culture, but we don't really tell too many friendship love stories. Open the app store on your phone. There's a good chance that you will see an app designed to help us find love. But probably just romance. I've not yet seen one designed to help us find friend love. Of all the love songs that we sing and the stories we tell and the tools that we use to help us, friendship love is not really at the top of the list. Though it is quite important to the sages of Proverbs. We would like to find the perfect love match for a romance to the sages who give us this wisdom and Proverbs that we looked at today, real friendship is the truly rare and precious thing. Isn't that interesting? Many claim to have unfailing love, the sages write, but who can find a truly faithful person? Who can find a faithful person, they ask. Apparently, friendship is rare. And in 1824, they tell us just how precious it is. Having bad friends will ruin your life. But there might be one friend who sticks closer than Friendship, if you can find it, the sages tell us, is a rare and precious thing. You don't need a pile of friends, the sages tell us. You really only need just one. Did you notice that in these proverbs, bad friends is plural? They are abundant. But the faithful person might just be one. One friend. Maybe there's one. Who can find a faithful person, the sages ask? Who can find a friend who sticks closer than family? 
maybe there's one. The sages tell us that you will not make it in life alone, and you will not make it with bad friends. Friends are that important, believe it or not. And it's strange for us, I know, because most of the time we think that we stand on our own two feet. We think that at the end of the day we might go to a party with other people or to a movie with friends, but mostly, mostly we are our own persons. But of course that's not really true. Even in life, early in life, we are who our families make us. Later in life, we are who, whom our friends make us. The sages understand this, and so they warn us in many ways and with different metaphors won't make your life bad friends. Walk with the wise and be wise. Hang out with fools and you will be one. Befriend an angry person and you'll find yourself always seeing the world in shades of red. It's bound to the life. There's an old rabbinic parable about the danger of bad friends and it goes like this. To what this be like, the rabbis asked. To one who enters a perfumer's shop, even if the owner doesn't sell anything, after he leaves, his person and his clothes are scented, nor does the scent leave all day long. It is of such a one, scripture says, he who keeps company with the wise wise. In the same way, think of one who enters a leather shop, even if the owner sells him nothing after he leaves his person and his clothing are his Nor does the stench leave him. Our friends rub off on us, you might say, leaving an aroma that sticks, becomes hard to get off. You might stop noticing it, but others will. Real friendship is a rare and precious thing. You can find a faithful person find a friend who will stick closer than a family, maybe there's one. The sages say that though bad friends abound, one good friend would be enough. Perfume and incense fill a room, they tell us, with rich and wonderful aroma, and a friend who gives good advice can fill your life with the most wonderful fragrance. They can make even the most difficult life situation we don't need 450 of them. A single good friend is as valuable as fine perfume and just as potent. Isn't that beautiful? Real friendship is a rare and precious thing. Who can find a faithful person? Who can find a friend who sticks closer than family? Maybe there's one. The sages, as we have discovered, have a very high opinion of friendship and a healthy respect for its power. I wonder is why, why don't we? C.S. Lewis wrote an essay on friendship once. And in that essay, Lewis says that we tend as modern people to treat friendship love kind of like an icing on the cake sort of love. Like it's great if you have it, but you don't really need it. To have a few buddies on the side, your brains fills up the chinks of one's time. It gives you something to do when you're spouses right? But why do we see it this way? He asks, well, he, he says because friendship, it's not as interesting as romance. I mean, friendship just doesn't get our heart rate going in quite the same way. And, well, we also need romance because, well, without romance, none of us would be here. So we focus on romantic love because there's a kind of necessity. Friendship love is also sidelined, though, for a different reason. It's, it's also not necessary like family love is necessary. Friendship love, well, it doesn't lay claim to you like family responsibility does. And so we also need family love. Without family love, well, we'd all be feral. So Lewis says, we can live and breathe without friendship. We don't need friendship to survive. And in a world that thinks only of survival, we don't really value it. It doesn't, it's not that hard to understand. Oh, but he goes on to say, it is true, friendship is unnecessary. But it's unnecessary like philosophy, or art, or the universe itself. 
Friendship has no survival value, but it is one of the things that gives value to survive. Friendship, in other words, gives you a reason to live. Real friendship is a rare and precious thing. How, who can find a faithful person? Who can find a friend who's closer than family? Maybe there's one. It's so valuable precisely because it isn't necessary. Romance overwhelms us. Family puts demands on us. But friendship love is born of something different. Love is born of choice. A loyal friend is someone who has chosen you for no other reason than they wanted to. And a loyal friend will keep choosing to love you. The sages tell us that a real friend loves at all which, before you stress out, don't worry. It doesn't mean that a real friend loves 24-7, 365 without any boundaries. Though no, the proper means of a real friend loves at all kinds of time. A real friend loves when it's good and when it's bad. On payday and when you're broke. Wedding and funeral and long stretches of ordinary life in between. A real friend loves you during all the kinds of time that life in this world will throw at us. The sages add in chapter 25, 20, that a real friend knows how to love you in each and every one of those times. A real friend knows not to sing pop songs to you when you're heartbroken about the breakup. But that would be like saying, you look cold, let me take that jacket from you. A real friend pays attention to where you are emotionally. When you're down, they feel down too. When you're up, they share in your joy. A real friend is attentive to your mood, even, even when they have to say something that hurts you. You see, because a real friend also tells you the truth, even when it's hard. Perhaps strangely enough, Sages tell us that wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Enemies are the ones that business. We all want to be affirmed. But the constant affirmer, the one who always takes your side and tells you what you want to hear, isn't necessarily doing you a service. A real friend loves you enough to tell you the truth. But they do so with grace. And when they do, you can see that it hurts them too. Which is why you can trust the wounds that they give you. Because friendship like this is a rare and precious thing. Who can find a faithful person? Who can find a friend closer than family? Maybe there's one. We sing about love and we tell stories about love, but not often friendship love. Maybe the stories about real friendship that we tell are so rare because friendship like this is so rare. I mean, who, who among us can find a friend who would still choose us if they knew us? I mean, really knew us, right? If they weren't obligated to love us at some level because of vows or blood. What would be one who knows? Who would be one who knows what gives you joy and breaks your heart? Who would choose you through thick and thin? Who loves you enough to tell you the truth so that you don't destroy yourself? A friend like this, the sages said, if you could find such a person, why that person would be more precious to you than family. leads us to another really interesting observation here, that when disaster happens, when the chips are down, the sages write, when the phone rings and the news is bad, when you've locked yourself out of the house again, when there is an accident, it is a very good thing to have a what? A friend. A friend like that is better than family in Iowa. <coughs> That's really interesting because you see, friendship, friendship, they're telling us, is more precious than family. And that is, you can 
unusual because the book of Proverbs comes to us from a traditional culture. And in traditional cultures, your family is everything. It's who you are, it's what you do, it's your future. Your ultimate loyalty is always to your family, and here are sages from a traditional culture telling us that friends could be more precious than family members. Why? What's that that family is bad? The sages don't assume that family is nearby. There is some evidence to suggest that when the Proverbs were, were written, there was a great deal of change happening in Israel. The tribal culture of these small communities is becoming a kingdom. And people are moving around. They're moving to the big city in Jerusalem. They're moving away. And in the midst of all of this mobility, the sages are writing down Proverbs. And that's not hard for us to understand, right? Why? Because Proverbs are a way of knowing and remembering who you are when everything else is changing. And the sages tell us over and over again that in a changing, complexified world, real friendship is something worth holding on to if you can find it. Friends, our world today continues to change, and so does our town. And in this world, and in this town that does not stand still, we wish that we had a friend like us who can find a faithful person find a friend who's closer than a family. Maybe there's one. And as we look at all of this, and as we think about this kind of friendship, it starts to seem so rare that we have to ask inevitably, is there such a friend? Maybe there is, but it's, well, if you take a look in the mirror, and honestly, it's not one of us. If, if this is what friendship is, that we are not the real friend that other people long for, not really. And so then should it come as a surprise that we do not find the friend that we long for? Who can find a faithful person? Who can find a friend who is closer than a family? Maybe there's one. Maybe there's one. But we're going to have to look elsewhere. Today it so happens that we are looking Scripture. Looking for wisdom. Looking for what? Looking for a friend. Maybe there is one. The Bible spoke of him as the friend, capital T, capital F. The one who embodies all the wisdom of Proverbs because he is wisdom wearing human flesh. If there's any perfect friend, it's him. Who can find a faithful person? Who can find a friend closer than family? Well, there could be one, right? The friend who reveals to us that God is, in fact, a perfect friendship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit so closely united to each other in love and understanding that the three are one, and the one is three. That friend who comes here comes closer than family, comes right here, right here to invite us into what? The friendship of God. After all, Jesus did make unusual friends. He called himself friend of sinners and tax collectors and the disloyal the ones who couldn't make it on their own, who felt lost. And his friendship, it didn't have this habit of empowering others to make unusual friends. Jesus' friendship had a habit of teaching people how to be the friend that others need by showing them this friendship and forgiveness and self-sacrifice. Maybe Jesus could teach us to be friends for a lonely world town through his fellowship, through his collection of unusual friends that we call the church. It does remind me of something that Paul Waldell, the theologian, once said. He said, Christians, well, they think differently about friendships because their understanding of friendship isn't rooted in rosy accounts of perfect people, but in a God remains faithful to us and who 
never writes us out of the story we talk about. Maybe Jesus could be the friend that we need, the one who came to share our plight and our fight and to take all of our sorrows on himself. Jesus, whose wounds we can definitely trust as the wounds of a friend because he did not inflict them on us, he took them upon himself for us. Maybe Jesus would even take us for his friends. Maybe even me. find a faithful person, who can find a friend closer than family. Here there is one. His name is Jesus. And Jesus gathers this strange hodgepodge mix of friends around a table, just as he gathers us in this room today. And he says, remember, this is how we became friends. I think you I picked you. And this is what friendship means, to lay down your life for your friends. And this is how I call you. Longer servants. Longer slaves. Friends. You are friends. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
users. The scripture story assumes that the default position for all people is lostness, hostility, foreignness, strangeness, suspicion. And the story of what God has done about it is that he comes near. He chooses us. He calls us his own. And with that, we get a new heart. We get a new way of living in the world. And we get new words to say to God. It's the Lord's Prayer. Let's say it together. Our Father in
and serve the Lord with Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God.